You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Very excited for a long overdue episode, breaking down the impact and discography of BAP, a second-gen K-pop boy band who truly changed the game in ways that I think have gone really underappreciated and under-recognized. So this is a 10-year anniversary tribute show to them, as well as just in general, a much-needed retrospective. BAP stands for Best Absolute Perfect, it kind of has this origin story of sorts. On this reality show called Tada, It's B.A.P., they gave this backstory about how they are basically all aliens from the planet Mato, and each one has their own Matoki mascot, bunny-like creature that is like their cartoon alter ego in a way. So they have come to planet Earth, left their homeland, traveled here to be the warriors that save the day. And they debuted with the song Warrior in 2012. It often does get compared to Warrior's Descendant, a song by H.O.T., and that's a comparison they seem to be flattered by. They really were stuck in some legal battles throughout their time as a group. We'll get to that more later, but that really didn't help and made it inevitable that this group would fall for the seven-year curse, as it's called, when K-pop groups tend to disband after their seven-year contracts expire. But their impact will certainly live on, and you will see why. This is a six-member group, Him Chan, Zello, Yongook, Jonup, Yeonjae, and Daehyun. Yeonjae started out where he was actually inspired by the boy group SG Wannabe, and then in a middle school show, he really got his talent on display at first. So he really got the bug for sinning early on in his school days. Jonup got the bug for show business after he joined a dance club with friends back in middle school, Zello was in a dance academy since 5th grade, idolizing stars like Super Junior. Daehyun was inspired to sing thanks to groups like Four Men. And Yeonggook worked with these under-the-radar hip-hop artists dating back to junior high. His parents were actually really, really against this, wanted him to choose a totally different career path. But once he got to college, got a scholarship, they decided they would approve of this career path too. And he ultimately actually didn't graduate. It's important to remember that at the time of BAP's debut, we were in second-gen K-pop. We're currently in fourth. A lot has changed in the past few generations of K-pop. And so the things that seem like normal for K-pop artists to do, in the boundaries that seem normal for them to break out of now, that wasn't the case then. So to truly appreciate BAP's impact on the industry, you have to think back in the context of the K-pop landscape at this time. Pre-BTS days, this was 2011-2012, what K-pop was like then. Not only was the quantity of groups way smaller, maybe 10 groups a year might try to debut as opposed to like 30 a year now at the least, but there was also a quality limitation as well. A lot of synth pop, electro pop, dance pop, that very electronified LMFAO, Far East movement, dance music sound. 
Shiny's a good epitome of that, some of 2PM's dancier stuff. They would inject some rap verses, but the key was usually still the melody, the instrumentals, being of a very specific kind. Rap was an extra, not a centerpiece. Plus, a lot of the content was kind of stereotypical about crushes, love, relationships. There certainly were deeper moments where artists would address social issues. There was H.O.T.'s anti-bullying song. There was Don't Don by Super Junior about taking off your hypocritical mask and waking up to the empty promises of materialism living. So they had those social commentary moments, but compared to now, it was few and far between. So not a focus on rapping, less deep substance just compared to now. And the back and forth was either 50-50 or not at all. So boy groups still to this day, you know, they have flower boy mode where they have really cutesy concepts, pastels, floral, fancy, cute outfits, super, super just wholesome, sunny, youthful concepts. And then they turn around and have beast mode time. Concepts with edgy looks, lots of leather, just a rugged, macho demeanor. And it tends to ricochet back and forth between extremes, beast mode and flower mode. Or they stick to one lane all the time, and they're just an artist known for one of those. That became more normalized with BAP because BAP was primarily in beast mode. Yes, they had some comebacks that were kind of a whiplash, unexpected, very cutesy all of a sudden. But what was different is that it wasn't the 50-50 split. It was more like a 75-25, 75% of the time in beast mode, and they proved that could still be marketable. Keep in mind also that BAP was actually releasing stuff, causing a bit of a stir, slow but steady, with pre-debut stuff. Youngook and Zello released Never Give Up before they even debuted, with lyrics like Taking Thousand Dollar Private Lessons, This System That Emphasizes Grades Over Friendships, This Pressure Called Exams, This Burden Called College, The Stress That Is Building Up, My Dream Is To Hold a Mic and Rap, But Again I Grab a Pen and Write Down Math Formulas, Things We Learn at School, Are Losing Dreams, And Giving Up, Not even just out of the gate, but before the gate was even open, they were commenting about feeling like their dreams were undervalued and their thinking was too boxed in with their educations, focused on certain pursuits at the expense of their creative endeavors. They thought school's emphasis was not on the right place in truly fostering the potential in others, making them feel not smart when they're just smart in different areas that deserve fostering. They entered the scene with a bang in 2012 with Warrior, really just taking the Matt Cheesy Mo kind of look to the max, really just intense, militant looks. They came crashing through, their mascot breaks the screen. Zello waves his arms around to kind of control the movements, the choreography of the others. Then the others sort of turn on him. So they basically take over the streets, ready to install a new world order, and do so while acting out choreography that demonstrates a story of resistance to a puppeteer's strings. So they're asking about what is their plan for shaking up the system, with lyrics like, What's your B? I'll confront and fight for the souls in this street. What's your A? The starting point of a new revolution. Stop me if you can. What's your P in evil DNA? We have lost all our warriors. What's the name of the game? BAP. Everyone stand up. I'm going to run through, in no particular order, some other lyrics throughout this song that really have stuck with me. The endless war. Who is it for? Everyone cowardly aims behind your head. Will you hypocrites be forgiven? Throw away all the dark masks. 
Everyone's different. Everyone takes sides. And those words are just words of ignorant people. Have you lived in the swamp of despair? Nightmares haunt me, a lost compass, with the devil lips. Underneath the sky, you cannot be hidden. Even if you hide, you will kneel before the truth. To me, it translates all to, we've got you, stop the facade, we see corruption, we know it when we see it, we're going to change the system for the better, don't try to placate us and mask it further, we see you. They continue that theme in the song Power with lyrics like, only the wicked can survive, with a smiling face they appear on TV and trample on young souls, we got the power, don't yield in front of them. Basically, hey, sometimes the pundit class thinks they can speak for you. They can't, and we can reclaim the microphone. They continue their criticism in another song from that year called What the Hell. Lyrics like, so many ties cover the truth and say it's only indifference. There's a crime but no criminal. People who surrender and people who conquer are too different. Wait and see, in some time, they're going to break down. What the hell is the law of the jungle? Why are good and evil split by money? And why are the weak killed? This is a coward war. TV and radio are putting a blindfold on me. Hiding the scandals. Cash rules everything around me. If there were any fuddy-duddies listening to this episode who are just like, what a bad influence. They're promoting anarchy. They're criticizing everyone and everything. They're being too radical. Let me just remind you, first of all, it's a song. Calm down. Second of all, I would argue that they really just help plant some seeds in people's heads about a different idea, just to get them to reassess the things they were blindly believing. Just encouraging people to be aware of stuff. Today, looking back, it does take on a different color, especially if you're a political junkie like me, to think about lyrics about a shady system, corruption all around you. Takes on a different color now, but it also opens the door for very valid conversations. So in other words, as much as conspiratorial thinking can be so dangerous and go off the rails, and it often does, in cases like this, it is still important, I think, to have these questions asked. Some people answer these questions with conspiracy theories. That's not what I think they're saying here. They're actually the opposite, critical thinking, because you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to recognize unjust systems and how they function. And there is something behind the scenes sometimes, money exchanging hands, conversations being had with people in power that can show certain forms of corruption are going on or just unfair situations. You can recognize that reason to rightfully be skeptical of certain media publications. But there is, it is important to use the awareness of very real unjust systems to not jump to conspiratorial conclusions. This system can exist in unjust ways, and at the same time, the answer can be money and power, not in the specific, organized, easy-to-understand way that conspiracy theorists wish to simplify it into. Hopefully that makes sense. There's a way to critique systems without jumping to dangerous, inaccurate conclusions. And BP never really jumps into those assumptions. They just provoke you to think about your media intake and things you took for granted before. Moving on, I'll get off my soapbox now, to talk about Goodbye, a single where they talk about a more empowering, optimistic message, yet they also address feelings of depression with lyrics like, I lost the way to pierce through the world. Even when I watch a fun comedy movie, why do I have tears instead of laughter? Only me, why, why, why? 
Even when I read a book that is supposed to make me fired up, I just agree with the loneliness. It seems like I'm possessed by something. I keep focusing on the pain because it sounds like my story. Get up once more right now. If I fall down, I get back up. If I enjoy my failures, that's that. That's right. The world is becoming my side again. Why are people so easily influenced? I'm worried that I will walk on the path swayed by others' words. Don't stop in the shadow of the world. You are more free than anyone else. Failure is what makes me stronger. Fear is what makes me run. Watch me now. In the song Goodbye, they really are covering a lot of topics. They touch on feeling isolated and invisible, wanting to make a tangible impact in the world. They address their simultaneous fear of standing out with their simultaneous fear of not to be heard and address their fears about being heard, about the world turning against them, and remind themselves the world can be on their side if they rewrite these failures as triumphs. What led them to their eventual successes? Reframing this as, the world is still on your side. It's testing you for the right reasons. They released some other singles throughout 2012, Crash, No Mercy, Stop It. Then came their big moment in 2013 with One Shot. This hit number one on the Billboard World Albums chart, and it really showed them entering new cinematic music video territory. It's quite the intense short film of a video. There's a kidnapping, they rob a truck to pay the ransom. Long story short, they hand over the money, but end up being turned on, then they turn on them. There are a lot of surprises in there. And my ultimate takeaway from that video is to see the ripple effects of your actions. They dramatize that lesson, but that is the lesson. Quick thinking and camaraderie will get you far. It's a really high action, thrilling video, truly. It really does have that kind of only got one shot, do not miss your chance Eminem message here. Lyrics like, throw yourself at the world, one shot. You want a high position by just sitting in your room? This isn't a game. Staying in the same place will only make you regret when you close your eyes. Turn your face to the rough world and clash and fight. Burn yourself with passion, hotter than the sun. They released Bad Man later that year, which showed Jungkook in a new, very hands-on producer role. And my favorite lyrics are, The despair that I hear in the darkness. The world that is ridden with fear. I will overthrow everything. This crazy world, I will change it. The whole message there is taking your frustrations with the world, turning that failure, that sense of hopelessness into fuel for your fire. 2013 is also the year where they released songs like Hurricane, Coffee Shop, Punch, which gave us that iconic, memorable, but sad fall during the performance in New York. They finally got their first big music show win in 2014. And I apologize, earlier I said One Shot was their big moment, and it kind of was, but truly nothing compared to the impact this song 1004 had. This really took their career to new heights. It really showed the way they blended genres in refreshing ways, Orchestral meets punk meets pop, rock. So much interesting blending here. So it epitomized their sound, and it got them their first music show win. It's actually made extra special, I think, because Zello and Jonab came up with the choreography for the intro. In 2014, the peak would last way too briefly, in part due to this really long, stretched-out legal battle with TS Entertainment. Side note, this company actually just recently folded, went under, and in part due to constantly being sued by its artists. Jungkook and Zello were the first to leave, but everyone did eventually leave. It's a very long story, and I'd rather not give TS Entertainment tons of promo here, tons of publicity. 
I'd rather keep my focus today on this incredible group. So long, long, long story short, very nasty legal battle, a back and forth over alleged mistreatment at the moment that could have been an even bigger break. So it was terrible timing for them, and it was so drawn out. Especially in the K-pop world, when you're only on a seven-year contract, every month counts. So to be embroiled in this legal feud for over a year took its toll on their career. That is ages in K-pop years, and people kind of did move on. Their fame never peaked as high as in that 1004 moment, I don't think. 2015, though, they did come back, trying to announce they are back. With the song, Young, Wild, and Free, kind of addressing all the drama indirectly. With lyrics like, beat up, even crawling on the floor, I'll stand up. Blindly keep running, set this youth on fire, burn up this youth that has bloomed so dangerously. No pain, no gain, this isn't the end, break through the prejudice. On the album, with Young, Wild, and Free, they had songs like Be Happy, with lyrics like I'm okay, everything will probably work out and monologue, with lyrics like, we held hands again, so no one would fall. In the end, the world is made up of our stories. The problem here, for them, was that the narrative, it could have played out differently. So let's say they hadn't had legal issues, and their company treated them right, and they kept the story going, they kept their character development available for fans to see, and they grew and matured organically in front of the spotlight, and continued to elaborate further and further on these themes of triumph, perseverance, etc. Then this song might have felt different, and had a bigger impact. Like, it would feel like a big capstone single, announcing we've gone through this big mental and emotional journey with the listeners the past few years, and this is the accumulating, prideful moment to bask in our personal success. We've overcome all these obstacles, but you couldn't get emotionally invested in their story to make that moment that powerful, as powerful as it could have been, because there was that gap. So when they came out with this song, it didn't have the sense of stirring up emotions and pride in fans and causing fans to all kind of rejoice and feel satisfied. Like this was the start of a new era for them, and in a sense that they had grown with the band. That couldn't happen because it was disjointed now. Because of the time gap, Young, Wild, and Free felt just kind of reductive compared to No Mercy and other previous releases. So rather than building on singles, it had the impact of just hashing out what they already talked about in previous comebacks. And so the excitement around this group just was not what I think it should have been. It had already kind of fizzled because of that absence. In 2016, maybe they got that message and they switched up their image to lighter flower boy stuff. They had feel so good, do what I feel where they sing about stop caring about what other people think. So same message, but also seemed like they were talking into a mirror more, given the context. They started a color trilogy in 2016 with Noir, and on this album in the song Skydive, they talk about going to the other side, throwing themselves past life's hurdles, embracing the unknown, letting that passion burn within them, and feeling in control of their lives. They pivoted to a much darker tone in Dystopia, Lyrics with a similar theme, here are some of my favorites, in no particular order. In front of the faded line, stop right there. Look at the stained illusion, everything is broken down. There's no utopia, that's just an escape. Now wake up. The world is flipped inside out. I'm awakening myself from being trapped. Shouting and walking on my path, don't interfere and just shut up. Each person's utopia is different. 
in the place where reality fell. The only remaining idea is a place of gamble with the name of justice. Lots of ways you could take those lyrics and apply them to your own life lessons, which was also part of the appeal. This next song we have to talk about truly changed my life. It's really an incredible song and video. Truly just groundbreaking and hit me so hard. Wake Me Up. This was co-written by Jungkook and Zello, and it was their first release after Jungkook went on a hiatus due to anxiety. The video features a lot of very stirring scenes, and there are four main characters. I will of course link to this on my newsletter, you've just gotta watch it. So I won't spoil everything, but one of the main characters is a guy who has a sign he's holding up that says, Emotion Revolution on it. No one watches him. He's just out on the street holding up an Emotion Revolution sign calling for a movement to start that no one is receptive to. Then he starts basically screaming bloody murder and loses it and freaks out, smashes the graffiti-covered car with a baseball bat like, why isn't no one listening to me? That's the epitome of why this video, I think, hits so hard for me and many others, is moments that were a way to visually represent the depth of the angst and frustration and sense of invisibility people felt. We saw it on screen. It felt cathartic in that way. Like, they felt that too. So there's the Love Revolution guy. There's a guy who seems to... Okay, trigger warning for possible suicide. It's unclear. So this guy plunges himself underwater. It's unclear if that was it for him or what, but earlier he was screaming, looking wide-eyed, having an episode. Another main character is this girl who's chopping up vegetables, and then she kind of jumped backwards and screams like some sort of evil force showed up. Unclear if this character is meant to see and hear voices, maybe. Maybe she's mentally ill, just hearing a voice in her head, but she's suddenly paranoid about something that only she senses. So love revolution guy, bathtub guy, vegetable cutting girl. Lastly, the character I felt like, oh my gosh, there I am, is this girl who, I won't get into the personal details, but you know, definitely saw myself in her. And she has moments that you could really deeply read into. She's smearing this red lipstick on as if she's being forced to. Like she's looking in the mirror, but looks like she doesn't actually want to put this lipstick on, but she can't stop. And so it turns out very Joker-esque, messy, and then she's even more mad at how she looks. Like, she just made it worse with makeup. So she smashes the mirror and is really just having a depths of despair moment. She takes some pills. She's really dealing with some big body image issues. So all these main characters are dealing with their own inner demons. And that's the first half of the video. Individuals dealing with that. The second half is when BAP shows up more prominently. They are seen on the TV screens. So in a store window that people walk past, they see the BAP members giving them this message of hope. And they start to draw a crowd. And suddenly everyone is motivated to rise up, protest together, and make a better, more compassionate world for all. Lyrics about believing in yourself, waking up the new you inside of you, that's what the song's all about. Is not hiding who you are, but confronting it and becoming better with other people. It doesn't have to be a lonely journey towards inner peace. They again reference these obstacle course and fire illusions, like I need to jump over my limit and I'll burn up this soul inside of me. They also seem to indirectly nod back to lyrics from previous years, like when they talk about awakening the fearful society. And in a previous release, they talked about the world being made up of their stories. And now they sing, share a story with the new me. 
They also seem to address the woes of the wealthy misusing their money and stuff with the lyric, you can't put a price on my life. I also love the lyric, the answer that the world wants is blind to its desperation. The Color Trilogy ends with Blue, and on this album is Honeymoon, another really remarkable single and video. The video features bright colors, this lush greenery, very visually just pleasing and colorful, vivid. It's a must-watch. Although the mullet era, I'm still ambivalent about. There's a lot to read into, so I'll let you interpret it for yourself, but some things worth reflecting on the meaning of include how Yanje takes a goldfish out of its bowl and drops it into the bigger ocean, how Yongook's hands are bloody as he sits amid these trees in the jungle, the fact that the members sit at this big banquet table amid the greenery, not looking pleased at their wealth and feast. They're just in that setting where they presumably should be happy, but they're not. My favorite lyric is, after a fight with the world, I'm going through a civil complaint. And they really do sing about what the video shows. This sense of, I feel good is true. Life is colorful. Paint the world. My light is, you know, inescapable now. Seeing the world with brighter, clearer eyes. After Wake Me Up, this release hits extra hard because they did awaken a new them. And they see all this meaning in life again. And again, a theme they talked about back in day one is back, which is about turning your failures into positives. And here they talk about downsides and viewing them in a different light too. Saying things like, even this rough wind, enjoy it, feel so cool, darkness disappears. Then there was Ego, another release from 2017, and then they released Hands Up, which really, again, blended everything BAP is so good at. The rapping with a catchy melody, the triumphant music that mixed pop and EDM sounds with rock and other elements of different genres together. The video shows a member standing on top of a bus. Seen below them are tons of people wearing identical outfits and raising their hands up and down in unison. So it's interesting that you can read into that. And one interpretation, I think, is that there's actually been some regression here because people who did not look identical were teaming up for an uprising in Wake Me Up. And in this video, they're in this sense of conformity. Or maybe the message is more like, it's not regression, but we have setbacks and now we're going to address them by climbing on this bus and saying, listen up, people, go back to your individuality. You don't need to sacrifice individuality for community and furthering our purpose here. They once again reference this blooming passion in them and describe it as being fully bloomed. There are other satisfying full circle lyrics about taking on another challenge and becoming a stronger, more courageous person. I like the lyric, the yesterday that arrived cowardly. Another favorite lyric, escape all the rigid ways of thinking that have trapped you in, the prejudiced thoughts and looks that killed us. Reflect in the mirror the real you, hands up. It's got more poetic lyrics as well, and they continue that thought-provoking, stirring sentiment on Think Whole, with lyrics like, I try to escape this broken place, but I can't escape from these thoughts. Inside this emptiness that swallows me up, I'm silently chasing you which you could interpret as being about a lover or chasing you as in they're talking to themselves. They released a concert collection called The Recollection in 2018, but that was kind of it for them. It was one of those things where a group has a statement that kind of alludes to, look, don't think of it as a breakup, don't call it that. We're just going our separate ways to work on solo pursuits. One of those where I think, yeah, the band's not getting back together. Call me cynical, but... 
Anyway, so they officially kind of ended their band activity in 2018, and they're pursuing some successful solo careers now, each of them. And here's what I think. I think they were inevitably going to shape future generations of K-pop. The questions were when, the timing of that, and to what extent. And unfortunately, the extent was stymied by the legal issues in the time away from the spotlight. We also then had the rise of third-gen groups who really expanded in size. The number of third-gen groups kept growing, filling the void of BAP. So in their absence, it became, to some non-hardcore fans, easier to miss them because BTS was breaking out and these other groups were really making a splash, doing some of the stuff BAP had been doing, the social commentary and stuff like that. So they kind of accidentally passed the torch earlier than they wanted to but they were inevitably going to be torch passers. I know fans online are going to be like, oh, Hope saying BAP paved the way for all my faves, and she's saying they would be nothing without BAP and whatever. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying BAP's impact, I think. Their influence in the, the ways they created a permission structure to do certain things sonically and conceptually in K-pop, that impact is felt. I do see that impact. One of many variables, and I do think each group like BTS, for example, have really done things their own way. It's not like they all just copied this formula, but I think BAP did have a key role in moving the industry forward. And I do think their impact is still felt. The things that were new 10 years ago in K-pop that they really shined because of are now pretty commonplace. Raps have a more center role now in a lot of title tracks. The 75% of the time beast mode concept and only 25% flower boy, that's kind of Monster X's formula now. Their fashion seemed to influence some K-pop artists as well. Their take on beast mode looks, the street style they wore. So musically, outfit-wise, and concept-wise with the meaning of their lyrics, the socially conscious messages they had, that all I think has shaped third and fourth gen artists and continues to to this day. They also expanded what could be routinely now incorporated into pop songs. They don't have to just stick to standard dance pop realms. Different subgenres now are more common in K-pop. Orchestral flourishes, finding space for raps and high notes and powerful vocals in the same song or even the same chorus or verse. Adding this grungy cinematic feel to music. In a lot of ways, they made those things more predictable and expected. They were ultimately these harbingers of what was to come for the world of K-pop. Really groundbreaking music, visuals, and ultimately, I think also, why they should stand the test of time and why they deserved much more love long-term is because their messages are so personalized-ready. Personalization-ready. You can take their comments, interpret them in a million ways, so you could directly apply what they say about confidence, self-esteem issues, mental illness, anger at systems that don't seem to benefit everyone, things like that. You could take and interpret them in so many ways, their story could become yours, and this band could become more than just a band to you. That also, though, I think, contributed to them dismantling from that peak. They were known for such broadly applicable lyrics that you could say other groups were covering the same stuff in the meantime. So while they were on kind of a break, unwillingly, other artists did fill the void because it was easy to. It was super broad what BAP covered, bound to be a new K-pop group covering that topic in a certain way. 
So that's ultimately how I see BAP's career journey and their catalog. I really encourage you to check out the best of BAP, Wake Me Up, and Honeymoon, I think, and Warrior, of course, their debut. They're just so underrated and more impactful than I think people fully grasp. All right, that is all for today. What artist-specific episode do you want next? Feel free to let me know. Always open to suggestions. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everyone.